And welcome back to another episode of Ready Comics Roll. Don't forget if you enjoy what you're listening to, like, share, and subscribe. Had to be me. Someone else might have gotten it wrong. I'm Mike. I'm Commander Anthony, and Ready Comics Roll is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. And joining us today is two special guests, one that has the unfortunate opportunity of being here with us in person. Ah, the benefits of a redundant nervous system. I'm Dan. And then the other special guest who's fortunate enough to be much, much further away. I'm Nate, leader of Clan Erdnot. As you can tell by our taglines, today we're going to be talking about Mass Effect, one of the most iconic series that Bioware has to offer, and I would even argue as far as an RPG series. I mean, if you want to just completely negate anything you want to say about anything else, sure. I mean, (laughs) the first one was an RPG, I will give it that. The second one, it had RPG elements, but it still wasn't perfect. Um, The third one was a shooter that had something that looked like an RPG system in it. But pretty much they were all dating sims with shooting mechanics. It's my kind of dating sim. I know, right? <laughs> I, I I do love these games. I do. Not so much with Andromeda. I mean, I had my moments with Andromeda. I think I tried to play Andromeda more than I tried to play 3. I'll give it that. <laughs> but it was one of those things like, this series has forgotten its origins, forgotten where it's come, where it came from, and just kind of along the way kind of removed mechanics and things that kind of made it feel more like what I think they were originally trying to go for and it it not in a good way like when you're trying to streamline something you don't want to make it feel more mechanically clogged like they they got rid of some of the RPG elements and made the shooting mechanics better but then because of the RPG mechanics that they removed none of the classes felt any different in the second two you could you could use any gun pretty much in the in the, by the third one, no, I, regardless of class. I get what you're saying. I mean, and I I, I tend to agree. I'd have to say my favorite out of the series is definitely the original Mass Effect, due to the fact that the choices that you made, which is a core element of RPGs, is your choices. Even as far as the points that you put into different features of your class really felt like you were creating a character of your own as to where with each one from there kind of felt more like generic. Like you could really kind of cookie cut or work with any of these given classes. And I I agree that this is something that over time they kind of... I feel like they're just trying to make it more accessible because that was one of the complaints that they made in the first one. That's just one of the characteristics of Bioware though. Like as they're going through any series of games, whether it's a series like like Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, and then Andromeda, or just varying season series, they they try to please their audience. That's why I feel there's such a fluctuation between Mass Effect 1, Mass Effect 2, and then 3, they try to incorporate like a, at least a little bit of the best of prior games, and even open up an option of where you could just select, like, at, what was it called action and there was literally like no choices or whatever you didn't level up you just played it like an outright action game you you said you said you said please your audience and i think you mean expand your audience because that, that's what it always feels like with bioware is they they do something that a lot of people either it gets a really big cult following like dragon age origins to this day i still think has a huge cult following as far as the of all of the Dragon Age games go, that no. was that was the one that like people will go back to and play, and that's the one that like you'll pick it up on PC just to try it out how the different uh, control schemes work and stuff like that. It was mechanically a very uh, different game than the than the two that followed it because it was more strategy based. It was more something that fit a very niche audience and. To the point where there are games now on Steam that replicate that that's that that like system, and now with with Mass Effect, they tried to you know they tried to expand their audience by getting rid of the the mechanics that made the game more complicated, but they also got rid of the mechanics that made the game feel more unique to you. Like I played through the first one as an infiltrator. I only had two weapons that I had access to. Pistol and sniper rifle. Other than that, I was biotic and tech, and I I could do a, a lot of like putting up turrets or putting up like uh, draining shields and stuff like that. It was just it, it. I wasn't trying to lean on weaponry as much as I was trying to lean on the things that made the game different than just 
another Halo game. I mean, to your point, too, even when I played, okay, yes, I know I always play as a soldier. I know you're going to make some kind of vanilla. You're vanilla. That's all I ever say but, is you're vanilla. But, then, no, but that's the beauty of Mass Effect 1. You could play as a soldier, and there's so many different variations of soldier you can play. Not everybody was playing as the same kind of soldier, yeah. unlike 2 and unlike 3. And then, like you said, that's, that's really a piece that kind of we, we end up losing out on. Yeah, we, we lost a lot of what made the character creation feel unique. And the, the thing that made it even weirder is you get shoehorned into Shepard. Like, the first one, I get it. You, you, you create this, you create this, uh, champion of the people and you do either, you know, good things or bad things regardless of, you know, who you, who you really want him to be. Do you want him to be the altruistic hero or do you want him to be the renegade? And then in the second one, you literally start off the game by cloning him and just starting up as him again, and it feels weird. Like no, 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 they didn't clone him. Now, I mean, yes, they did clone him, but what you play as is you're actually playing as Shepard, the same Shepard. Yeah, you basically <laughs> get sent off into space, asphyxiate, you're dead, and then the Lazarus Project brings you back. Yeah. See, okay, so that's I use that for what I would call like my main playthrough of all three games. Like I, I would play mass effect one as basically a paragon, but going into mass effect two, when you die, then you get rebuilt or whatever. I always use like, since they're getting, you know, all of this done by Cerberus and we know um, the elusive man has his own plans of his own. Like some, some of that corruption was in the implants, which made him more of a renegade. Like I use that as part of my story that I played. So then you pretty much played as a paragade in a uh, part two, or did you go full on renegade? No, I went full renegade for two. And then I used mass effect three is basically his redemption story. Did you go full redemption, like full uh, paragon full again or? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's that's actually kind of an interesting way and go at, uh, going about it. I haven't heard too many people kind of do that. Yeah, that, that's actually kind of cool sounding. <laughs> yeah, like I just what I mean. Like I I I literally made my own story within Mass Effect. Like that. Like I said, what I call my main playthrough. That being said, like I understand that at some point Bioware is going to have to make it a little bit linear when it comes to some of the choices. Like it has to come to an end. At some point, it can't be every single option that you could possibly think of as far as an ending. And I feel too many people expected that from Mass Effect 3's ending. Yeah, I mean, that's a very good point because, I mean, Nate, you and I, we've already explained that we're huge bio fans. You more so for the Mass Effect universe, myself for the more Dragon Age universe. Right. But the one thing they do very well, again, is that narrative choice the ability to kind of weave your own story within a story and that's why even across all three mass effect you kind of are telling a story of your own all three of us all four of us as a matter of fact together could come up with different playthroughs that we've had as far as our canon or our main playthrough that we love the most and i can guarantee you we all would have different stories to tell yeah i mean the main story may be somewhat similar but in regards to the actual choices and how the universe is impacted by our choices, again, completely different. Oh, through all three games, I'm completely anti-humanist. I, I, I will only hang out with the Krogans, the the Solarians, the uh, Turians, the Quarians, the Quarians and the uh, Asari. Uh, other than that, I'm like, nope, no humans. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm like, get Miranda off my ship, and two, I want her off my ship. <laughs> the only the only good human is Joker. Just for the sake of saying that I did it, I've only played through the game with Elenco like twice. Other than that, I never, <laughs> never use that son of a bitch. Yeah. And what's so sad is he actually doesn't have a bad story. Oh, it's, he's always dead for me. But you know what's funny? He dies after the first one. For the voice what's actors, that? kids won't even play as it, or like play with him. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember seeing that in the behind the scenes, he, he was like beat up about that shit. Like my kids don't even like me. Like what? The- Which is really messed up because he was also the voice of Carthonassi in the Let's uh, Old Republic series. But then again, people also did comment on how much they hate him. But I at least <laughs> like Carth in that. He was the not like I don't know. He, he was an asshole on that one too. So, <laughs> so you're saying he's typecasted? 
Yes, yes. He's <laughs> a typecasted voice actor. But yes, that's it, great. It, but that's what's uh, kind of funny, though, is I do think there's pretty much an almost unanimous across most of at least the Mass Effect fandom that it was Elenko's ass that was left, you know, to be dusted. <laughs> well, no, I know a lot of people who, who got rid of Ashley just because she she was just as useless. Like, he at least had biotics, which made him somewhat useful. He could also unlock things because he was half tech. Yeah, but that's what you have Tally for. And as far as biotics, that's also what we have Liara for. I know. You you never brought him with you. I didn't say you <laughs> I just said you save him. You you let him live. Then again, I guess the argument could be made but for the people that are anti Ashley, the fact that she was kind of just very stubborn and, and racist. Yeah, I was I was I was the reverse of her. I hated humans. I loved the aliens. Well when I played it, the uh the computer I played it like halfway through and then it came out on PS two, you could go back and do the uh it's like the recap of episode one. So here, pick your choices. <laughs> and the kind of like backstory they gave you for the guy versus her, I always killed him. <laughs> and so like I never personally got to know their stories because I didn't really play through the whole first game because I only had to, the pick option when I when I played part two. Yeah. And you know, that's the thing is I know well, at least I will sometimes pick on Mass Effect 2. That's, that's what's really weird. So unlike Dragon Age, where everybody can pretty much say that 2 was awful. <clears throat> <clears throat> no, it was Dragon it was Age bad. 2 was bad. Dragon Age 2 was very linear. I wouldn't it say was it was bad. a bad game. It was bad. You're, you're part of that small minority that actually thinks that was a good game. See, what's funny is I actually think uh, Dragon Age 2 wasn't too bad either, so. Oh, ha! <laughs> I, I like the change to combat somewhat, but that's actually going to be a podcast for another time, though. But in regards to Mass Effect 2, the one thing I will give it is the characters were a little bit more interesting. We definitely had more time with them. We got to know about them more. We got to feel for them a little bit more. Which is kind of ironic considering the whole point of Mass Effect 2 is, hey, you're on a suicide mission. You really don't have time for this crap. Yeah, and that's, again, like, that's my main issue with it. Like, if it, they, they set it up once you get the Cerberus ship, the, the new Normandy, like, you're basically the new generation's version of Star Trek. And, like, you want to go out and do these adventures, but you're supposed to keep in mind that, oh, the destruction of the fucking entire galaxy is looming. Like, yeah. I, I don't... You you shouldn't be, like, enticed to be going out on adventures. Yeah, like, you got one singular mission, save the universe. It, it, it gave me the same syndrome that the second Arkham game did, where you're when you're playing as Batman, he gets poisoned midway through, and you have to, like, go after Joker to get the cure for your the, the poisoning that he, he gave you. So you have all these Riddler side missions to do, yeah. but you're so directed on this path of like, I'm, I'm literally having like seizures every five minutes because I'm dying of poison. Yet there actually is no hurry. You're in no big rush. The only thing is, is to get to the end of the game at that point. And it's like, I could have done all the side missions. Could have. But I didn't think about it because I felt like I was just necessary. Like I was forced into this situation where I need to go forward. I need to keep going until I have the cure. Or in this case, I save the freaking universe. I mean, when I played through two, I was so engrossed in doing the side missions. I forgot the world was supposed to be ending. So like. What do you mean? Like the side well, missions were well, mostly fetch quests. Well, like I did everything on the side. Like I was scanning oh, all the planets. Okay. Scanning mean, all the planets. Gathering all stuff. the. Yeah. Okay. Just like. Oh, okay, I need this off of this planet. Sure, I'll go get it for you. Why not? I'm not doing anything else. Like, I haven't scanned that planet yet. I'll go there. <laughs> so, and that's, that's, like, I was gonna say, most of the side content of Mass Effect 2 is mostly just like resource allocation. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so for you to say that, I was a little confused at first. That's why I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah, yeah. So you're just saying that the story was so lackluster that the side quests that were just fetch quests and just doing other things were more enticing. I mean, than I the honestly story. didn't feel yeah. that, like, I should be doing the story. Like, I didn't feel like Oh, there was a sense of urgency that I had to get this done. It was just like, when I get to it, like it's there's a moment in two, and this this really comes down to this like boils down the, where I view two as far as the all the all the Mass Effect games go, and this is one of the reasons why I still consider it one of the better ones. And even though I have all the thing to shit on the mechanics and everything, there's a moment where if you played a certain way in the first one, 
and you loaded your story and or if you started your story as uh, I think it was colonist and then your the colony was destroyed is the storyline that you go with from the beginning. There's a there's a scene where you're you go back to the Normandy and there's like a standoff going on and it's the uh, Citadel police versus this little girl who's like threatening to kill somebody and it the the whole premise is, is that she was a survivor of a similar colony to the one that you grew up on and you have to like talk her down from like taking out the Normandy herself and like the all these citadel officers or something and that moment actually the way that it plays out because you don't just finish it with like a paragon or or a renegade action kind of thing that you have that opportunity but there's literally the ability to just kind of talk the entire thing through and completely ignore those right trigger left trigger actions and you know that's why as i said that's what i will give mass effect 2 it is a great character piece it is great as far as telling that kind of story but to me it's not a complete story as to where one maybe was better at telling the whole sci-fi storyline and not some somewhat about the characters, but two it, it's very much a to be continued game, and that's the, that's one of the things that killed me on it. Like one has a complete storyline to a point because you 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 beat your bad guy. Like you have a you have a villain, and that's the thing. Like that's one of the reasons why I think one was so much better because you had a villain, you had somebody that you 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 build up a relationship of. I don't like this guy like he's an ass to you every single time you come across Which, the again planet. we're talking about choices how epic was that as at least as a paragon you can talk that person down as much as you hate them you could be like hey look yeah, and you, this you, is not the right course of action and then of course you know you actually stop you, you don't get that first boss fight because they off themselves because unfortunately the control of the reapers is too strong but you actually manage to finally break through you reason with them they're like oh man you're right what the hell have i done ah uh, crap it's too late uh, yeah we get that or you could just be a renegade and like straight up tell them like off himself <laughs> <laughs> yes yes there's that too but that's that's it it's like, that's, that's the one thing that i will always say that bioware excels at is telling that kind of emotional story and giving you those options what I think would have made two better is if they would have done it. What is it like? Uh, Dead Rising. It has like an overall timer that you have to get through the game. Like, if, yes, if they would have done that for the suicide mission and that determined whether you survive or not, like, if, like you had to get so many quests done, but you had to actually engage the suicide mission in a certain amount of time or whatever, that would have like actually being penalized in some way, for doing all the side missions. Well, actually, as a matter of fact, there is one way that that does happen. So, in this scene where your entire team is abducted by the Collectors, like when they take over the Normandy, uh, depending on how quickly you get to that step to where you kind of go to the Collector base to reclaim them, actually determines how much of your crew gets goopified. Is it is it how fast you get there, or the squad mates that you choose to like transfer them? No, it's how quickly you get there. Because if you wait for too long, the, it works. Is if you get there quick enough, like if you've if you've already done all of your loyalty missions, you already did all the side quests before that comes up, or you can at least complete like one or two missions. If you complete one or two missions after you they get abducted, when you get there, it's just a random squad member you don't care about that gets goopified. If you complete maybe like a, a good amount of missions after that, then oh, you're talking about like when at first, like you have the option to do the suicide mission, like yeah, exactly to go so, through the relay. Exactly. So okay, then I got you. Then you have uh, Kelly Chambers, who unfortunately you see her kind of get goopified, and then of course if you just do way too many missions, if you kind of go on a Dan tangent after the fact. Then pretty much, you even see Dr. Chocolates, unfortunately, even, like, your whole crew gets goopified. But then you just complete everything before that point. Yeah. Yeah, that's the idea. Is you, <laughs> you basically want to make sure that you so do everything. Yeah. So, I mean, but, okay, so knowing that one thing, I mean, you can still bypass the one chance of actually having, like, you know, repercussions for doing it all. Yeah, if if you know if you know what's going to cause it, then yes, it can be avoided. But first time players, um, we're in for a rude awakening. Okay, when yeah. That happens. I guess I have to like stress that like Mass Effect One, I stopped 
counting how many times I beat that at 60. So <laughs> Mass Effect 2, probably like over 30 and Mass Effect 3, probably around 30 as well. So like I got to that that was one of the things that like when I heard the arguments about Mass Effect 3, the ending, like, oh, you didn't put hundreds of hours in it. Like, no, I probably put thousands of fucking hours in it. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And I mean, on the topic of Mass Effect 3, I mean, it is, of course, one of the most recent controversial games that anybody can kind of really discuss. Recent? You want to use the word recent? Yeah, I'm still going to use the term recent because when whenever anybody like kind six of six years ago, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, yeah. Well, no, no, no. I mean, not not when the game was released, but I mean the fact that it's still like an argument that it's kind of even having this day. I mean, almost any time Bioware comes out with a game, people are like Mass Effect Three is ending. It's like, oh god. And what I mean more as far as uh, recent is the repercussions from it. So the big thing was there's even a huge The repercussions are they handed the la- the last game over to another studio and that studio completely botched the game. Besides that, <laughs> yes, yes, we drama is going to have its time. They have like so many executives leaving before all that as well. Oh man, the mass exodus was definitely a scary sight for I think anybody who's a Mass Effect fan, which of course is obviously unique. <laughs> But, no, 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 what I mean is the repercussions as far as the impact that had on the industry. So, Bioware, yes, we've established they are most definitely people pleasers in more ways than one. Uh, But the problem is, when it came to Mass Effect's ending, love it or hate it, the big thing that kind of rocked the gaming industry is the fact that the people won. The fans were able to go ahead and take somebody else's vision and change it. There was the whole petition, change.org. Hold the hashtag, hold the line about no, this is my story. You need to change it. The well, sense they didn't of enti- change it though. No, no, they they came up with a compromise. Which- they they what they did was they made Mass Effect 3's endings for dummies cutscenes <laughs> to explain <laughs> shit that like the one one of the arguments I always heard was like, why did Joker leave? Like he he's Shepard's bro or like. They're best friends and all this stuff. He wouldn't leave Shepard. Like, you literally hear Hackett say they're all gone before Joker jets out. And this is before the extended cut ending. Like, he's telling you the last hope, the only hope for the entire universe is gone. Like, I would be running as well. <laughs> yeah, but as as Joker, you flew that man into a suicide mission. I would wait until I heard from that man to tell me to run. If he didn't tell me to run, well, guess what? I don't care what you say. You could say he's dead. You could say he's alive. Until Shepard tells me he's dead or alive, he's going anywhere. <laughs> Shepard from the grave just like, yo, you got to go, man. I'm dead. I'm done. I'm done. I mean, I'm not going to cut and run. I flew you into a suicide mission. I knew what I was getting into at this last mission. Like I, it, like you said, it's a suicide mission. You're going to see this through. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to, oh, Shepard's dead. No, 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 no. I've been in plenty of missions where he's been dead before. I'm going to wait. <laughs> There's been a mission where we he literally, literally brought him back killed. to life. <laughs> we could do it again. We have the technology. Turn him into the $40 billion man. Shepard is the John Cena of the sci-fi universe. Jo- uh, Shepard will always kick out at two. He pretty much did, though. Yeah. He should have kicked out at two. The third one. Ugh. <laughs> uh. The, actually, the only reason why I don't like the third one, and and it, it goes into the whole thing that I said about the second one, the, the, the they just took away too many mechanics. Two, you had ammunition. Like if you ran out of ammo, you couldn't fire anymore. Yes, in the first one, you didn't have ammo because no, I, exactly. they knew the technology they were working with could do something like that. And then all of a sudden, it was like, okay, so the first one you had to work worry about overheating, which was fine, but there was an there was an explanation for why there was there was no. Ammunition. It was just essentially the the mass relay in the gun allowed you to continually fire, but the gun would overheat. That was a technology that made sense. And then in the second one, also now you have ammo. Like why? Why, when we had the technology to not have ammo, are we going to switch back to having ammo? Okay. To be fair, though, that we wouldn't have the scene with Sahid where he ejects the clip and it causes a fire and it causes huge explosions. That was pretty sweet. We wouldn't have that. We didn't we need that. Oh, we whatever. had a technology where ammo didn't fucking matter. Why go back to ammo? Because then we would get that cool 90s action scene. We he could have been a cool smoking a cigarette or a cigar. Like, <laughs> There's he better could've... ways to go about that one single scene. 
We yeah, have grenades. They have the little, like, discus grenade things that they fire out of the tech arm thing. That would have been fine. Yeah, but that was supposed to be unintentional. That was supposed to be the whole analogy He could have been, like, they could have bank to... shot in it or something. He could have been, like, off a mirror or off another thing and into the guy. I, that was, that was an analogy to him being blinded by his rage and him being his own downfall. No. Yes. No. <laughs> yes. All right, I'm done playing devil's advocate for, for that game. <laughs> But in regards to Mass Effect 3, uh, I mean, it's what Ma- this is what Bioware likes to do. At least I-, I would say in series of three. You have the first game, which is fantastic. You have the second game that tries to streamline things a little bit because maybe the first game was a little too complex for some players. So they try to make it more accessible. Understandable. Uh, I'm pretty sure the acquisition with EA had a huge part of that. Just so yep. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, when you had the original founders of Bioware even talking about their relationship with EA, they said it was, like... Uh, Tenuous? I forgot the (laughs) phrase they did, but they basically said it was almost like a bear hug. Like, sure, it was supposed to be friendly, but it was also very constricting. Yeah. Uh, It was like having your balls in a vice grip, and you just had nowhere to go. That's what it was. And they may not want to admit it, but... You can tell from the way that, ha- w- like, the way things go from one company to another, when EA act, like has anything to do with you, all of a sudden you have no leeway. You you have to do what they want you to do, and you have to make things more accessible. And it, so, so yeah, I would we or through in loot boxes. They they need more boom booms. Oh no! Yeah, they might as well just hire Michael Bay to direct all EA video games. Because yes. I, I feel go. like that he's the, he's the director for EA. Don't give point. him any more ideas, Mike. Please. <laughs> Please. But who doesn't love explosion? <laughs> yes, but like everything, it's good in moderation. No. You need more explosions. You need explosions to have explosions? The explosions have to explode to just explode and pop. <laughs> I love when Dan does this. He's just like, I just need to continue this argument. Even if I don't believe it, I'm just going to go ahead and just say it just because it goes against what you're saying. We have, we have explosions on our explosions. That's right. Explosion. <laughs> but to the point, when it comes to Mass Effect 3's... Yes, there was. <laughs> Mass Effect 3's ending. The main issue that people have with it is it took any sense of... Agency. agency yes. Any sense of my choices mattered and supposedly... Threw it out the window. The thing that I have to say is that when it comes down to that ending, like, there's only so many ways you can play through a game where that kind of scenario doesn't have a singular ending. Like, we're literally talking about an alien race that has reset the universe multiple times at this point. Now we have humans and that's going to stop them? Oh my god, we're so powerful. <laughs> like, it... it, it they could have just hit the reset button again. Like, literally, that nothing you did freaking mattered. And I would have been fine with that ending if they had made it to where it made sense. The problem was is they made the ending feel a little weird. And then, because of the petition, they gave us more endings that felt weirder to me. I don't know. I, I, I would have just gone with the world resets and we're gut. Like, we're gold. Let's, let's do this again. No, no. See, for Dan, it was so bad. That he didn't even play the extended cut. It was so bad that Dan didn't even play Andromeda. I forgot about Andromeda even existing. To be fair, I wish I could. <laughs> the, there are a few. There are a few smiling scenes in that game that are still haunting my dreams. But I, I, it's just an argument that I just don't understand. Not necessarily what you're saying as far as it doesn't make sense. But yeah, I you know. Fuck it. Yeah, you saying that doesn't make sense to me is just kind of nonsensical. Because if you are, if you at least play back, maybe it's because you need to play through all three games again, or you just don't remember certain things. But everything leading up to that point, there was nothing that kind of struck me as, how the hell did I get here, or how the hell am I staring at this, as people call it, space godchild? Like that was probably the one, uh, the one. Glaring. I still like the whole like the 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 uh, there's the whole like the cycle thought, the the so, no the thought process the the fan theory that it's Reaper indoctrination and that's the whole reason why Shepard is the way that Shepard is at the end of three I, like the entirety of three is him just walking around like essentially having a crazy acid trip because he's been indoctrinated and this is his way his mind's way of coping with that. Now, as much as I would say that would be an interesting way of ending things, that in itself would really truly throw well, it away also explain, all choices. It, it also explains why at the end that the renegade 
option is the the one where um, I, I think the re- the renegade option was the one where you just kill everything or something like that. Uh, see, that's the thing. Or you, they you were, destroy they, the they death. Were, and then, they were uh, color coded as such. Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the destroy ending was the renegade option. Yeah. Well, yeah, the color coded option. The control for was the paragon option because both are. Uh, both so, options are kind of dick moves. No, no, no. Mass the, the, genocide the only, or... The only right option was the destroy ending. And this is why. And we had, Nate and I have had this discussion time and time again, and it's hilarious. But the reason why destruction is the right ending is because look at the story. The whole story was you need to stop the Reapers once and for all. If you look at what happens in any other story, so we'll, we'll break it down. So destruction, yes, you destroy the Reapers, you... you as a matter of fact, they're gone. Unfortunately, it comes at a cost. All other forms of advanced technology, which unfortunately includes you, you the lose Geth. all the mass relays, the Geth, um, the the Quarians. No homeworld. Well, Although they're... they never have the chance of rebuilding. Yeah, never rebuilding, or at least not as easily. We don't know for certain that they don't get a chance to ever be rebuilt. But the Geth definitely make it a lot simpler. And the funny thing is, you actually end up finding out that with the Geth's help, they're already like halfway done in such a short period of time. Yeah. But no, uh, yeah, you lose a lot, unfortunately, but that's the thing. Sometimes to make the right decision, there has to be some level of sacrifice. But now, you're, 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 you're deleting a sentient race. And yes, which the, everything would be wiped out of as the Reapers anyways, including them. Yeah. But this is the reason why I say that. Again, it's the hardest decision to make. It's not one I'm happy about, especially when I finally got peace between the Geth and the Corians. That made my decision feel somewhat invalidated, but that's because of my own choice. My choice did end up invalidating a different choice that I made, not because of sloppy storytelling. So what about the decision that the Reapers decide to ensure life, not a specific species or a group or whatever, just life in general will continue. They have to do a cycle of extinction. What do you mean as far as what are my the, opinions the, on that? Well, or? the extinction being necessary, yeah. Yeah. Like, it, why Why is your choice better than what the Reapers have chosen? They're ensuring life will continue. Well, because this is the reason why. Again, the main mission from the beginning is to destroy the Reapers. Now, are you talking about wiping out just the Reapers? No, I'm talking about just right? not... I'm talking about like the, the, the moral quandary of right. which one is actually the, the, the correct thing. Cause they've been doing this for, as far as you know, in the mass effect universe, eons. That's the whole point is you're stopping a cycle of genocide. Do you, yes, but do you, options? but okay. This, this goes on the whole, like, is Thanos correct? Right. Um, yeah, exactly. Yes, by the way. The, the thing is, <laughs> is they're, they're resetting, they're resetting everything back to neutral so that, you know, you don't have issues with overpopulation. You don't have issues with but what, what worlds happens, running out of resources. It's, but and, it's the thing is they're basically just doing the same thing over and over again. That They're proving that they're not finding a solution because of the fact that they have to keep doing it over and over again proves that their process Yes, but the, the thing is, is the in the Mass Effect universe, one of the most advanced races prior to where you are in the game are the Protheans. And... This has to do with the whole thing of we're using their technology, but we don't really understand their technology kind of thing. You're using the Reaper technology. You're not even using the Protheans technology. It's all the Reapers. The Reapers just assimilated the Protheans into being the Collectors because they finally found somebody who was useful. (laughs) They could do the same thing to humans because all of a sudden now the humans are kind of useful. You've got to remember that the Leviathans were the ones that created the Reapers in the first place. The humans wasn't even useful though. Like they're old. No, what no, they we thought, we <laughs> what what the Reapers were intending on was the Sari to be the ones. Yeah. But then, because Shepard was such a Billy badass, they're <laughs> just, just like, oh. See, I just always felt like Shepard just kind of stumbled into it. Yeah, yeah, no, he did. The, the, well, they were the soldier of fortune. They're the ones that just happened to appear and kind of save the day. And the and then the Reapers are just so blown away by it. They're just like, oh, well, maybe there is something so to humanity. The, the, the thing is, is with, with, with Shepard, he has the perpetual case of good luck that – or bad luck that looks like good luck. They, sir. She, uh, Shepard's not canon, canon male. It could be male or female. He, he she, um, <laughs> has has the perpetual case of bad luck that looks like good luck. Because he stumbles into literally everything going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but 
to the original. In the second one, he's literally resurrected and told, hey, this is what's going on. It's now your fault, and you have to deal with it. <laughs> like, Doesn't even get there, any- You don't even get an option of just like, fuck you, I'm out. <laughs> it, no rest. No rest for the weary. I tried this once and I died, so how about no? <laughs> you, were, you were never given that option. Have you ever have you ever had to die in the vacuum of space? Well, I have. So fuck you. I'm going home. <laughs> but I mean, again, so, so the point, at least as far as the whole debate we we're having, like I said, that's the way you stop the cycle. That's how you stop genocide on a massive scale from happening over and over and over and over again. But the Reapers have proven that organic life is going to end up creating sentient life, and you're just going to get to that place again where. You're going to have fight against basically robots and humans, and that's what the Reapers are preventing from happening. And I'm glad you brought that up because the depending on how you solve the conflict between the Geth and the Quarians, you completely invalidate and prove they're wrong with that. Because that initially was a conflict that they had. Remember, there was the, does this unit have a soul? Quarians like, oh, oh shit. They, you know, they're, they're now fully sentient. We do I have a soul, a master? Do yeah. I have one? Like, the Star Child says, like, we came up with a new solution. So, like, but before it's because in, in Shepard's story of all this cycle, like, that's when that option became available. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. So, for whatever reason, as we joked about Shepard's role in the main story, Shepard proved to the Star Child, this, this AI, which... By the way, a lot of people are like, well, how'd this thing come to be? No, no, no. It's the AI itself. It just took the form of the child because it knew that was the easiest way to emotionally manipulate Shepard to making a certain decision. But the reason why I brought that up is it even said, hey, look, we realized this cycle doesn't work. The AI even admits to the fact that the cycle does not work and that Shepard's actions prove to it that there needs to be other options. That's why we get those options in the first place of control, destroy, synthesis, or fuck you, let the... the uh, the cycle continue, which we didn't get that ending until the extended cut. But so, like I said, so the reason why destruction is the right ending. No, synthesis is the right ending. No, no, no. I'm explaining why. So here's the thing. <laughs> then you have control ending. This is what's hilarious. The control ending is the elusive man ending. This is what the elusive man wanted to do in the first place, and that's why he, well, he ended wanted up to, yeah he wanted control over the over what the would so like well, again you you have Shepard. Shepard is the baddest of the bad. But what's to stop Shepard from eventually becoming that same AI? To eventually seeing the Reaper point of view and going, you know what? You're right. They need to be wiped out systematically time and time again. There's no guarantee. If anything, the Elusive Man proved that point. Because the Elusive Man thought, oh, I can control it. I don't think the Elusive Man knew that those were going to be the options. I don't think... Like, you you want to give the Elusive Man more credit than no, I think he he's did. due. He did say that they could be controlled. That's why he allowed them to go ahead. No, I, I get that. But I, I don't think he literally knew your final game options no, were no, going he, he to be, no. you know... <laughs> but, but that's my point. It's, that's, it's, and that's the beauty of it. So each of the villains, funny enough, kind of showed you some of these other endings. So Synthesis. So if you chose Synthesis then you're a fucking hypocrite. And the reason why I say that is because that's literally what Saren proposes at the very beginning of Mass Effect 1. Yeah, and that's why I liked Saren. Then why'd you let him die? He shot himself! I tried to talk him out of it, man! (laughs) (laughs) But even his thing is wrong, because this is what it comes down to. The Reapers, even if you were to make everything... No, 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 hold up. What Saren was doing, like, he was indoctrinated and doing what the Reapers wanted, which was not synthesis. Saren... Saren had all these like implants and stuff that um, Sovereign did simply because Sovereign was using Saren to get what he needed done. He was, but it was under the guise of, oh, synthesis, because that's what Sovereign promised. Of course, that was a lie. Yeah, but that's the thing. It was a lie. It it is what Saren wanted. And I believe that in, in certain cases, that wasn't a bad thing to want because the... The human geth hybrid would actually be pretty badass and also would allow for certain things that we don't have, you know? And I would agree with you, but then here's the flaw. The Reapers see every other species as lower than them. They're ba- they, the, the, the Reapers are 
But Leviathan the, the made the, into those the way that the, the way synthesis was was made out to be is that everything's essentially on the same level. Exactly. So what's what's the issue with that? I want you to think about that for just a second before I, I jump right into it. You, what you think that everybody's going to have a god complex because we're all going to think we're reapers? Like no, what? No, no, no. The problem is reapers are only able to affect inorganic matter. They can indoctrinate and control inorganic matter. You've now made any everything partially inorganic. Partially synthetic. They literally can control everything if but they chose to, which they would because, again, the Reapers view every other species is beneath them. So, by that logic, now they can control everything Syn- synthesis, to though, do was... exactly what the Leviathans tried to do in the first place. But the thing is, is with the with the synthesis, the the it, it was using the Reapers to do synthesis. It, it was... Well, you're using the... the the, the vice that you created, not the Reapers themselves. Yeah. The vice you created is what would make the Reapers and everything partially synthetic and partially organic. The problem is you just then gave... But it would, the, it, would, it, would, it would cause them to lose their ability to do that. No, because Leviathans had the ability to indoctrinate in the first place. That's where Reapers got that ability. But when Reapers became synthetic, it, would only, it was only able to affect synthetic. Leviathans could only use it on organic. And actually, they became powerful enough that even in the DLC, they were able to even affect the Reapers. That's how powerful Leviathans were. I could have a better argument if I remembered more about this, the ending. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! And that's why, like I said, the synthesis ending is a horrible idea if you really think about it and remember a lot of the lore. Nah. And that's why destruction... Even though, like I said, it, it kills me. Because, I, again, I fought to have the Quarians and get, get along. And they did. For them to be wiped out. For E to get wiped out. For have my best friend, Joker, lose the love of his life because of my choice. Killed me inside. But it was the choice that had to be made to ensure that you stop the cycle and the Reapers were wiped out. Boom. Drop the mic. I think the cycle would end up starting again. Because the Reapers proved that the cycle will continue no matter what you do. Like, we're, organics are going to create AI. AI is going to want to break free. Organics won't be down. Well, a lot of organics apparently won't be down for that, like quarians or whatever. And then there will be revolt. And then next thing you know, somebody's going to create the next fucking Reaper. Well, again, like we discussed, though, the whole th- the resolution to the Geth and Quarian conflicts proved that it doesn't have to be that way because that's how the, how the conflict happened initially between the two of them. But you're able to find peace because you're able to get the Quarians to understand, hey, if they are on your level, and that's okay. Again, because that was the whole point of what the Star Child even said to Shepard is, hey, you showed us this doesn't work. You showed us there can be another way, which just means the Reapers are big assholes. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were, they were. They were giant flying space cockroach but- buttholes. I, I I have no. What were they like? They, again, they were the leviathans that ended up getting converted over into the the first. You being. keep saying leviathan, and I just keep thinking Farscape. Every single time you say <laughs> leviathan, I'm just like they were sentient ships. Wait, that is what was in Farscape. Yeah, yeah. Shit, they're the same goddamn thing. Well, that, I mean, Bioware loves to draw inspiration from other things, and that's not always a bad uh, that thing to do. But again, so when it comes to the ending, damn. I know you, you are in the same camp of, I only got three endings. I did Shit, not get... and they really did rip off Farscape, because Asari are plant people, aren't they? No. They're kind of plant people. Remember the thing that happens in 2? That's not, that's not the Asari. That was literally a plant creature. That the Asari were using. No, no, the other way around. Well, it was using the Asari, yeah. Yeah, was. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was speaking through the Asari. But, but you, you had... But it was the Asari's... The, the Asari's queen mother or whatever the hell she was i can't remember but she was the one who bred the plant thing she's the one who like well yeah because it. well because sovereign was looking for more ways to actually indoctrinate organic life because remember the reap that's the one thing the reapers really couldn't do yeah they could try and they could like through other means do so but through proxies but I, again so dan the main thing for you is you felt the same way a lot of people do that you only got three endings you got well three. it wasn't it wasn't that the three endings. so it was basically like all right here's one here's all your choices your choices in one affected two now you had your choices in two so then you hit you hit the third one you get to the end here's your three choices which have nothing to do with what i've been doing this entire game yeah they revolve around each other you know destroy the Reapers do this, do that. So, I picked an ending. Saw where it went. I was like, wait a minute. 
What did anything I have to do this entire game have to do with this ending? So, reloaded it, picked a different ending. Saw it went the same exact place. Reloaded it, picked the third option. I just wanted to see where it was going. All three endings were essentially the same ending with a, just a different group dying. But nothing I did this entire game came into play with the ending. So, and I was just like, well, why did I bother to do anything? I could have sat here, let, the, let them do whatever they wanted, and it would essentially have been the same thing as me just playing the game and picking an ending. That would be because it's this three endings based on the choices that you made through one, two, and three. You would have to go through one, two, and get the three making different choices to see how the other, like, the things that go into the endings affect. Like, that's, you you cannot play one, two, and then three, and then do all the endings, even after extended cut, if you want to count um, the resist choice, like, that's not the final, like, the only endings that there is. You have to start back over again. That's This is one of the things I've done. I've I've played through, like, tr- literally trying to be the worst ever, aside from in Mass Effect 2, I saved Miranda so I could survive the suicide mission. But, like, I, I literally made, like, the worst choices. I made sure the majority of my crew died and, like, all of that. And, like, the endings that I seen when I got through Mass Effect 3, like, there was, it impacted it. Like, yeah, there was subtle, I'm not going to say it was, like, huge, giant differences, but it was different. It had a different tone to it just based on doing those different decisions. And that's a major point that whenever uh, I have discussion with anybody else about the endings that I try to make, a lot of people are unfortunately focusing on the ending cinematic. The ending cinematic is not the ending of the story itself. You have to consider all of the choices that you made up until that point. Like the discussion we had before, that all four of us can be talking, and all four of us can have a different way that each of our universes has ended. Okay, so here here's my thing with this. So the where it really feels like the endings came to a weird divergence is the fact that, like... Unlike with Dragon Age Origins or even the first Mass Effect game, when you get to the end, the conclusion is for everybody in, along the route all feel very much the same. Regard, like the only thing that changes is if if you did make horrible choices throughout too, you don't have some of those people's endings to worry about. Like that's the only thing that really feels like it was that was impactful. Like yes, okay, I survived. They survived. Cool. This is their ending now, and that ending is now that they are synthesized with the rest of the Geth, and the, and now everybody just kind of hates me. Or, <laughs> destroy, and now half the people hate me because I did things like kill my best friend's love interest. Or, uh, the uh, control option, where it still feels very much like the destroy option, because you're essentially doing the same thing it's just instead of everything being dead it's just now it has no will of its own there is no there is no sentient ai it's all controlled all the all the ai is now no no you only control the reapers well, and the control thing unless you want to concede the point i was making before where the reapers control all their sentient life <laughs> That's kind of what I, that's, uh, no, I'm not uh, saying sentient life, they, they control well, I mean, their like, AI. Oh, I'm sorry, or inorganic sentient life. Synthetic sentient But that's life. the thing, you're, you give, you, you then have control of them, which means then you can have control over everything else. So just like if you control everything. No, 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 because if you, be, if you are, if you are, if you are the same material as them, I, they, cause reapers can't indoctrinate other reapers, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, I know, but then, then that's when you have the whole thing. If with... everything's on the same level, you can't. There's nobody's going to be using indoctrination on somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> no, because reapers no... can indoctrinate other reapers. They just never had the need to because they all have they all have the same hive mind and the same opinion. Aha, I win. They're, no, 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 no reapers. <laughs> no, are they're not a hive mind. Yeah. yeah, the reapers are individuals. But that's the reason why the one that goes with Saren has is trying to do things. Before the other ones wake up. Yeah, but they all... Well, that's because he was the sovereign. He was the one that was trying to usher... He was the herald. He was the one that was ushering in. He was not Quicksilver. (laughs) Silver Surfer. 
He was Silver, Silver Surfer. Surfer. That was the whole reason why he was trying to open up that Mass Effect relay so they go in. And yes, Nate, yes, I, yeah, they are individuals in a sense, but they have the same ideals. That's they have what the I was same goal. Yes. yes, but that's because that's been their goal for eons. They're not a hive mind. They, they just they, all agree they, on something, which is the same as a hive. No, because it's, it's a hive mind with a will. We we all agreed to do this podcast. We are not a hive mind. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, when we all got to do it Anthony's way, then. <laughs> oh, oh, really? <laughs> There's a reason why we resist, though. But that's the thing. Like, what I was saying with the synthesis ending doesn't really comply with the control ending. Because with the control ending, the Reapers still have their ability to control other things. They don't, they don't gain that with the synthesis. Because with the synthesis, you are now on the same level as the Reapers. You at do. least according to the way that I read the whole synthesis ending. Which is not how it is. It's just everything just becomes partially inorganic everything becomes partially synthetic you not become partially reaper well now the reapers feel like they're less than because now they have part of you in them so whatever it regardless they feel less and you they know decide to kill themselves in a mass genocide on themselves and sure either way, yeah either way my point is <laughs> all the endings essentially to me felt the same no matter what you did throughout the whole thing it all restarted because the fact that you did not get to see the the you did not at that time get to see the repercussions of your actions right it, when i you know i, I played played through it but like essentially like when i when i had played it it's been a long time now but you know it was to me it seemed like nothing i did mattered and no matter what i picked it, it was all the same anyway and it, then it was just kind of like well that's the thing it did matter the only difference is you were not shown in what way that matters. And I guess I can understand somewhat why people would be upset with that, which is why we got the wonky extended cut where it's really just instead of getting full cinematics, you got little cut scenes, you got little slides and a slideshow that shows you, oh, hey, you cured the, the genophage? Well, guess what? They're now spawning like crazy. Good job. They're probably going to go ahead and take over the, <laughs> the galaxy again. Or the universe. Krogan's win the war for the universe. <laughs> Oh, you helped, you know, the Geth and the Koreans come together? Well, they now have a utopia that only they're allowed in, not you, not the rest of you meatbags. See, I'm, I'm one that thinks that if there was an ending that actually had Garrison Shepard, like, having a drink on the beach, like, if that was incorporated into one of the endings in some way, the, the, the quote-unquote happy ending, I don't think the backlash of how it ended would be nearly as bad if at all yeah no we we need we needed like a like a them going into like a vr or something or going into one of the bars from the first game and just sitting down and having a drink together or something you guys felt like so then what i'm I'm trying to understand here is you guys felt like you had closure possibly to the main story the the main conflict the story ends but not the story yeah the, the story ends the character's story doesn't end exactly like it, it feels weird because there is no, there is no like payoff for all the shit that you've had to like put yourself through to get to the end of this. Like you choose a choice. Okay, one of those things happen. What do you do after that? Nothing. You do fucking nothing. Except in the extended scene, I think you like walk off into the sunset or some shit. But still, there's no like, there's no victory. There's no, there's, there's nothing. It's, it, it feels so hollow is what it is. And I, I, I mean, I give them props for writing a sci-fi ending to a sci-fi story, but still have a grounded victory ending. His ultimate goal throughout the entire series was to save the universe, the, the save life. And that's ultimately what he does, no matter what choice that you make. It's some variation of him trying to save the universe. So, it, I mean, wouldn't isn't that considered his victory, even though it's not technically, you know, the bros at the bar scene or anything like that? The problem is, is that through each of those choices, it still feels like you kind of lose something at the end. And in some regards, it feels much worse and in other ways, it feels like you're handing over the reins to a massive nuclear weapon to the 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 uh, uh, Reavers. No, the uh, elusive man. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I was like, who, who are you giving them to? <laughs> so it, it's one of those things. Like it, it it all feels really weird at the end. It's like it's not that it's a bad ending. It just it all felt really weird and unfulfilling. Speaking of weird and unfulfilling, let's talk about Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh, 
No, that game touched me in dirty places, and I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I never played it, so I can't talk about it. See, the the issue with Andromeda was the fact that it... Existed. It, it, oh. it, it didn't do anything that the other games did. It really didn't. It, it didn't even give you a bad, weird ending. It, it, it gave you a, a sci-fi ending that kind of fit with what was... It, it was thematic, at least. I would just say, like, it's not a terrible game. It, I mean, it had it had some really giant gaping story holes in it, and some just weird things. Like you are now in a new galaxy, not just you know through a, a Mass Effect relay on the other side of your galaxy. You are now in a completely another galaxy, and you come across not one but two alien races that you have no problem communicating with. None, none whatsoever. You don't have to worry about like. Uh, injecting some weird bug into your ear so that they can well, translate. You, you did things. have a weird bug in your ear. It was, it was Sam. Sam was that weird bug. <laughs> but everybody, yes, everybody was able to go ahead and like and speak. literally, you just start sharing a planet with one of the two races, <laughs> and everybody gets along just fine. Well, that was one of my main issues with the game. Is it you, you're you're told that you're going to a new galaxy to explore and it's like all these undiscovered places now we know there's obviously you know another alien species there but because of the timing of when your arc gets there there's already settlements from the milky way galaxy there so it kind of takes away the whole <laughs> exploring a vast new world aspect to the game yeah, because you have the whole thing where you find out that some of the other arcs are already kind of, even though they didn't attach to the main station, they were at least like floating around and managed They're to. They're just on random it. other ends of the galaxy. They all ended up in just different parts. And the thing is, is it, it it doesn't even give you the like weird simulator thing from two where you scan the planets and fire the beacons and and uh, like absorb resources. Yes, we know that you completely depleted Uranus. <laughs> Everybody completely depleted Uranus. Okay, there was only like three nodes on Uranus. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to Andromeda, my main issue was it basically told the same story of. Shepard's story in the first three Mass Effect, but kind of inverse. So instead of getting a species, uh, a species of um, inorganic or um, synthetic life that's trying to reset the world, you came across a reset world, and now you're trying to reset it by bio-doming everything. Well, no, what's what's funny is so, and you're Polly Shore. Yeah, the main the main villain that you get is, is you. <laughs> Well, You're no, no, no. Polly Shore. You're the bad guy in this movie. Oh, oh my god. No, no, no. But besides being Polly Shore, fine. You, you have to be wrong on point, so this can be the hill that you're going to die on. Sure. No, no, the problem is, is then we have, and you know what the worst part is? They're so forgettable that I've honestly actually forgotten the name of the villain. The name of the villain. The Archon, I know, is the one who's leading them. But that species, what it does is, like, you will all become us. So instead of the Reapers, goopifying everybody and turning them into giant other Reapers, and you're becoming part of that, they instead are like, oh, we're just going to go ahead and inject the Angara and every other species. They're the Borg. With our DNA. Yeah. They're, they're, they're but that's Borg. the thing. So the Borg was in the first game, or the first series, with... Um, the Shepherds trilogy. That's why I think it's funny because now we're getting the inverse. So instead of it being the the um, synthetics that are trying to make everybody else synthetic, it's, it's the organics, organics trying to make all the other organics exactly like them. Yeah. We're getting told the same story again, and we're stuck playing as a human. That that's the biggest mistake. Well, not the biggest, but one of the biggest mistakes they made with it. They could have done something like with Dragon Age Org well, Origins. Where, I mean, you're, they're setting up the story. You got these different arcs going there. So you could have chosen one of the other races and they could have implemented, well, that's the arc that gets there. And that's how Ryder's story goes. Like his dad or her dad could have been any one of the other species. They could have done it just like they did with Dragon Age Origins, but it, you got stuck playing as a human. Because the other species had Sam implants. Well, maybe not Sam specifically, but they had very similar implants. Yeah. Well, and the, and the thing that the thing that actually really irked me is not only are you stuck playing as a human, but you're stuck playing as. I, again, I have to say this: 
the poly shore of this of this video game because literally everybody else is scientists or explorers you're the son of somebody who mattered and that's why you're here or the daughter of somebody who mattered and that's why you're here other than that you are completely ineffectual to your own story other than the fact that you are apparently a god at all things once you're bonded with this ai well, other than that you are completely meaningless and which funny enough just takes away concepts from Dragon Age 2 because Dragon Age 2 that's at least some of what kind of sold that game for me and I think a lot of other people is you were kind of the nobody who becomes the hero but at least you can see how you got there as to where like you uh, basically pointed out with Andromeda you don't get that it's just you're a nobody who gets the AI that makes you amazing at everything instantaneously it is the the Force Awakens of Mass Effect oh don't (laughs) (laughs) ha No, because you're probably sure you're not uh, Mary Jane or what's the what's the Mary Sue. <laughs> I would much rather be Mary Sue than Polly Shore. Okay, because the problem is, is you're not a jack of all trades. You're not that good. You you be you get the AI, which makes you a jack of all the combat trades, but you're still an idiot. Why are you still an idiot? Why is it the way every single time you get into a conversation with anybody, you only have jackass remarks to make? Literally, there was a few conversations where I went through every wheel option, and I still felt like I was making the same sarcastic response every single time. Because the writing in that game for the conversation wheel was horrible. There were some choices that weren't choices. It was the same dialogue, just the words were rearranged. To sound more assish sometimes. It felt like Bioware was trying to do an Uncharted in space. Like yes. down down to the point where I, I, it's Taylorson or something. I, I don't know his name, but like the male voice actor for Ryder sounds almost identical to Nolan North. At least the way he portrays Ryder in Andromeda. Which he actually was asked about that in interviews. And the poor guy is just like, I know... <laughs> I just, I don't know why they, like, why did they do that with Andromeda? There was no reason for it. There was no, like, you feel so shoehorned in that game into the role of Ryder that it it's it doesn't help. It, it makes the whole game feel kind of You didn't feel like you had the same level of customization or freedom that you had with Shepard. It's not even that, like... You you got you got to just kind of like oh you got to World of Warcraft your 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 hero in this where you now have all three roles that your character could play at any time whenever you wanted all you had to do is go into a menu and reallocate points which I mean in, in theory sounds really cool but then when you actually play it not so it, much. it takes away any of the any of the feeling of playing a character like now you're just mismatching to fit whatever gear you find like i'm just that doing became... what's best to beat this game yeah no and that was the thing like okay i'm gonna come across i'm gonna go to the home world of the that one race uh the good race and uh i have to fight a whole bunch of indigenous life forms so i'm going to switch to being biotic because that's really good at taking out most of the indigenous life forms because guns suck in, in Andromeda for some weird reason, unless you find some really good ones early, but most of them suck. And then Biotics is slightly powerful, and then the tech stuff can be powerful in certain situations, but only if things have shields. Okay. Yep. I'm just going to mid-max to wherever whatever feels right when it's necessary. And that's pretty much how you play that game. There, there is no character. There is no agency. You're just a murder bot running around, <laughs> running around different planets, figuring out which way to murder bot better. Well, they nerfed combat with your squad too. You couldn't even control their powers. You basically just told them who to shoot and hope they did a power that, like, I, I like to play as, uh, what the heck is it called? Uh, the one with shotguns and biotics. Yes, I, I know what you're. Vanguard. Vanguard, yeah. Vanguard, yeah. So I like playing Vanguard, but you couldn't find a good shotgun, and all the biotic abilities were overpowered. So you just kept using biotic powers. Like you, you would try to line up stuff like like a Mass Effect Three. I would sit there and always do these biotic detonations. Like that's that's how I geared my squad. I was I would have Liara with me in Three, so I would try to do the same thing in Andromeda, and just you would have to hope your squad mate would do the right power. 
when you're trying to do like specifically with biotic detonations, like hope they're d- going to do it. Oh yeah, or you just had to build it to where you had you had your own detonators, and you, you had you to become the, your own combo. system. Yeah, you became your own combo system because essentially you just worked it to where like you organized your cooldowns. I found myself doing that more in Andromeda than anything else. I would just figure out a way of like specking to the point where my cooldowns matched so that I with my biotic powers I could You're just like, constantly just I would hit them with the warp stuff. field and then fire off the like the biotic missile barrage thing. Like Alright, everything dies in this combo and I just have to make sure I have this combo every eight seconds. Okay, I do. Let's go. <laughs> so Nate, this is what I'm gonna pose to you and actually any of you listeners at home as well. Uh do you feel that not, not even just EA. We're not even just going to point at EA here, but the change in hands and who it went with as far as within Bioware. Do you think that is what caused this to kind of... I fear for Anthem. I do. Because I think that when it comes down to Bioware EA, we, we, we don't have the the same... Leadership. We don't have the same leadership. We don't have the same company, really. And it, and it, and it, it feels bad because... Bioware is a, f- a shell of its former self. That's yep. what you're getting at. Yeah. Well, you can tell with Andromeda because Casey Hudson was there with within post production of Andromeda, and he ended up leaving like early on. And like Andromeda feels like it has a good foundation. It's just everything else is not setting straight. So I, for me, I, I feel like I can definitely see with the changes that's going on internally in Bioware definitely affecting the games that they're putting out. Which is a shame because it had some it had some decent characters in it, and it just kind of fell flat in a lot of ways that Bioware typically succeeds in. Uh, but before we go ahead and roll out this episode, uh, we probably should have done this throughout. But I, you know, why not save the best sections for last? I'm also going to go ahead and uh, yet again pose this to all the listeners at home. What is, in your opinion, the best relationship to have as far as character choice, Jack? Yes, I also agree, Dan. Once you go Jack, you don't go back. You know Seconded what? by Tolly. I, 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 it's the original. It's it's my go-to. I always have to stick with Liara. I mean, I do love me some Quarian, but I definitely have to go Liara. Liara all the way. <laughs> all right, as far as the people who have played Andromeda, who, who, who did your romance? Everybody because you could. You could just be a whore. It, it was the same thing that happened with your talents. You could just whore them, and it didn't matter. In fact, one of them kind of felt better if you were a man whore or a woman whore or whatever when it came down to being with them. The the Liar replacement in Andromeda was Eevee. very much like, yeah, she was like, just sleep with everybody else, too. She was okay with you sleeping around, yes. Yeah. I had to go with... Can I speak to your manager? Cora. The the Torian? No. no. She was the Asari boo. She's oh, the weeb, oh, oh, She was yeah. the weeb that uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. loved the Asari, was actually part of the Asari Commandos, one of the only humans to ever be part of the uh, Asari Commandos. Again, most... in Mass Effect games, I don't touch the humans. Yeah, we know. Whatever. <laughs> Dan, who did you pick? Oh, that's right. You didn't play. No. <laughs> you guys made it sound like a really good game I should play. <laughs> Uh, all right nate pb the blue skin man come on <laughs> i see that blue skin i'm like oh shit so i think that's gonna go ahead and roll us out for this episode i want to go ahead and dan thank you for suffering through this yet again nate i want to go ahead and thank you of course for joining us and providing your knowledge and expertise in mass effect pleasure to be here man and thank you guys it's always fun so if you enjoyed this episode be sure to rate comment and subscribe And if you're listening to this podcast on any of our providers, such as Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and even Spotify, also be sure to check out our YouTube channels. We have a lot of great content on there as well. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all the other social media we have listed down below. And don't forget to join us over on Discord so you can chat with the Ready Comics Roll crew and other rollers. Follow us on Twitch for random live streams throughout the week where I definitely will not be playing Mass Effect Andromeda. And if you'd like to see this channel grow, be sure to stop by our Patreon page and become a supporter today.